Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast. Today we have uh, Tomas Mitt. We can call, call me Tomas. Tomas. Or just plain Tom. Works Tom. Well too. Okay, that's mm-hmm. good. Sometimes I have to ask that with the pronunciation, the way people sure. spell their names, just like my name, Kochansky, Kohansky, with yeah. TBG Networks. All right, let's go ahead and get started here. And uh, so let the listeners know a little bit more about you, about your backstory. Uh, where'd you grow up? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Well, I was born and raised in Chicago. So that made me what they call around here a fib. We won't oh, talk about what that yeah. means. Something I learned when I first moved up here. But um, ever since I was a little kid, I was always fascinated with technology. This is this was a long time ago. We won't say when. This is a long time ago. And I um, at that time, I was involved pretty early on. I was about uh, nine or ten years old with amateur radio. I thought that was the coolest thing. You could have a radio system where you could communicate with people all around the world. Um, and not by voice. It was all by Morse code. You know, the tap, 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 that kind of stuff. So I learned all that. Got a license as an amateur radio operator. You had to take a test and a whole bunch of stuff. And I was 11 years old and I got my license. And uh, I was told I was the youngest ham radio operator in the country at the time. So that was kind of fun. And uh, so I spent many years doing that. Um, and later on, when the computer revolution started, we didn't know it was a revolution at the time. It was just kind of a cool thing. I was already a programmer. I was working for Time Magazine in Chicago. Um, one of 3,000. I wasn't any, any hotshot. And uh, this was back in the days when computers were huge. They took up entire floors of large buildings. And all the programs were on punched cards and you know, those types of things. To me, right now, with what's going on these days, it's it's primitive. It's like dinosaur stuff, but it was kind of high tech at the time. It was fun. And the little computers started happening in the end of the 70s. And so I started paying attention to it because it just was kind of cool. And uh, this was before Bill Gates was Bill Gates. I mean, this was way back. And um, so I started paying attention, started learning a little bit about it. Like I say, mostly because it was, it was kind of a fun thing and I thought this was neat. And I actually thought it might go somewhere. I didn't know where, but I thought it would go somewhere. Some of my other computer people at the time told me I was wasting my time because these are just toys, not going to go anywhere. I said, okay, I'm still doing it anyway. So then Apple came out. Um, then there were a whole bunch of other manufacturers actually before Apple that I, I was working with. And there was a small computer store in, 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 that had opened up in Niles, Illinois. It was like a northwest suburb there called Computer Land. And so I got hooked up with that. Spent a lot of time there. I'd work at Time Magazine during the day. I'd go to Computer Land at night. They let me play with the computers because I would talk to the customers. So I kind of was a trade-off for us. It was a, it was a handshake thing. It was good for both of us. And sometimes I spent there all night. That's all night. They'd lock me in. Uh, and I'd program <laughs> and stuff. Just because I thought it was cool. Yeah. I wanted to learn. And, uh, and so people would come and I would end up programming things for them. So this is, again, this is early on. So, you know, this is all floppy disks, sometimes no floppy disks and, you know, tiny things. You know, what you have on your cheapest, crappiest phone today is 10 times more powerful than what the stuff I was working with back then. So anyhow, long story short, well, it's still going to say long. <laughs> the short, it's your show, Tom. Yeah. Well, so the whole thing was I started, um, one of the customers who came in was a gentleman who had an idea for working with hotels in the area. At the time, if you were at a hotel and you make a phone call right now, you get a bill at the end of, you know, when you check out, you'd say, you called this number this much time. You can thank me for that. Because way back when the FCC didn't allow hotels to resell those services. And then they changed the rules about 1980-ish. 
And uh, this uh, gentleman came in, had an idea for a product, was looking for someone who could put it together, and he bumped into me, and we made it, you know, we got it going. And so that actually turned into a company called Telesphere International that became very big, um, and we sold our product to all the Marriott hotels, all the Holiday Inns, all the Comfort Inns around the country. Um, and I was, I was, became the vice president of R&D. I was a founding member. I had 15 programmers I was working with, about 120 installers that, you know, I kind of managed. So it was a great experience. I mean, it came out of nowhere for, you know, as long, I wasn't even 30 years old. It just, you know, just kind of exploded on me. So it was kind of cool. So that went, you know, the company went its way. I went my way some years later and then, um, did some more service, did some more support. Um, fast forward now to 1993, I moved up to Milwaukee and uh, was doing contract programming for Ameritech, which is now gone. And then uh, my wife and I, my, my at that time new wife, and I had uh, decided to open a coffee house in Wauwatosa. And uh, we did, it was called Jitters. It was a great place and a lot of fun. Um, and in the back room, I had a little computer set up. I was still doing contract programming for Kraft Foods at the time in Madison. And um, people would come in and, you know, I'd chat with them because I didn't have any friends. They were all business people or computer people. So, um, uh, you know, I would help them out with their computer questions and things. And really from that, TBG Networks grew. In 2003, I started, I stopped doing my contract programming, did TBG Networks full-time in my basement. It grew in 2004, it incorporated, and uh, we went on and did really, really well. In 2012, we sold that business, actually. So eight years later, I took all the customers I had and I sold them to a company, um, a local company here, and uh, went and built custom furniture for a couple of years because I'm a woodworker too. And I thought that was kind of fun. So it was like the other end of the technology spectrum. You know, I went from doing high tech computer stuff to low tech, you know, chisels and hammers and things. Uh, I mean, you know, there was nothing I could do in carpentry or in woodworking that someone else hadn't done already. You know, it was kind of fun. But unfortunately, the company I sold this to didn't do very well with it, and they, they, they kind of ruined it. And some of my old customers started calling me, and as much as I enjoyed the custom furniture work, I wasn't making enough money. So I decided to pick TBG Networks back up again. Although this time, though, I decided I would rather work directly with very small businesses because I got to like the owners. You got to know the owners, uh, you know, and they're in there struggling with their regular owner stuff. You know, it's products, get their products and services out, make the payroll, keep the doors on, doors open, doors open and the lights on. And, uh, you, you know, you, you have to have a computer these days if you're running a business. Right? You just have to. Uh, it's like the old days. You had to have typewriters and carbon paper. Now you have to have computers. So they're doing that. And usually they have someone who's in the office who knows something about computers or maybe a nephew or some kid down the street and they're kind of set them up and you know, they're, they're getting by, they're not getting the kind of support and help they need. There's so much they can do with the technology that's out there that maybe they're already paying for and they don't realize they could do stuff. So that was an area that we, we decided my wife and I, and she's the majority owner and she is the owner. She, she snaps the whip and I cracks the whip and I jump. <laughs> I jump a lot actually. With her. So, um, she put it all together and we made it all happen and uh, TBG Networks 2.0 was born. And so in 2014, we restarted it. Um, we started up with about nine of our old former customers that we brought on, brought back. Uh, and now we have, um, well, as of this morning, actually we have about 112 customers. So it's really grown very well in the last four or five years. So 
um, I'm very happy with how this goes and, and very happy to be here to talk about it. That, that's, an, that's an incredible journey. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a lot to go through from everything, you, what you've done from the beginning to where you are now. So during that time- And I'm not done yet. You're not done yet. <laughs> not done yet. So he yeah. hasn't, he's not done There's yet. There's other things in my mind here I want to do too. Oh, no doubt. So through that journey of where you came from to where you are now, yeah. what is some of, some of your biggest challenges and how did you overcome them? Well, you know, actually, the, the funny thing about it was that that uh, other company that I was involved in, the telephone call accounting system, Telesphere, back then, because it was such a success, and I really didn't, in my mind, work that hard for it, that because it was so successful, it actually turned out to be a liability for me later on in life, because I began to think that all this kind of stuff is going to be easy for me. So when I left Telesphere, I thought this was going to be great, and just, you know, I almost think that, you know, snap my fingers and things would happen. Well, it turned out, I found out the hard way that that's not the way it works. Um, and so that was a real challenge, getting getting through that. And I went through some financial difficulties. There was a bankruptcy involved. The company, I had a company that I started that didn't do so well. Um, you know, I learned I learned an awful lot the hard way. Sometimes those those are the best lessons. You know, you get you get beat up and bruised. You think, hell, I ain't gonna do that again. No, you got to get up, brush your shoulders off, and, and get back at it. And sometimes that's hard. Yeah. Sometimes that's hard. You know, you really feel like, what the heck? I thought I had a view of the world that was one way, and it turns out it wasn't that wasn't true. So that was a, that was a big challenge. Um, beyond that, really, it's it's uh, the, the challenges are staying up with the technology. But that's not a challenge to me. That's something I enjoy. Right. And looking for new ways to, to help people out or some new things that might be going on that could that could be of use to people. Um, that's always been something that that's been a big deal. Um, you know, the, the challenges uh, as far as a business goes, the challenges are often finding the right people to work with. Um, good technicians are not hard to find, but good technicians who can communicate well with customers are impossible to find. They're extremely hard to find. I, I understand. I used to be in the technology field and some of them, are, they get stuck behind the computers and that's all they know. Well, I used to say when I was doing Telesphere and I was managing all these programmers, uh, the best programmers I ever had were people who were artists previously. Actually, my best one was a musician. Didn't know anything about computers, was interested in getting into it, but he had a creative mind because he was, he was an artist. Uh, and and, and uh, most of my really good programmers came from a background similar to that. Um, and it's that creativity that's important if you're, if you're doing something like this. You have to think of computers. I always tell people that computers are a general purpose machine. And just that. They, they're a black box that does what you tell them to do. They don't do anything except what they're programmed to do. If in your, and you create that universe. And if in your universe, people walk around with their underwear on the outside of their pants, well, that's the way it has to be. And so you have to have that creativity to figure out how to make things work. If you try to do it, you know, in an A to B, one step after another, simple kind of mapping out a program thing, it, it doesn't work so well, you know, in, in a lot of cases. So that's, uh, that, that's kind of one of the challenging things I like, the up good challenging things I like about being in this industry, in this world. It's one thing I've learned in the past is garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, well, you know, it's garbage in, sometimes garbage out too. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. Yes. Let's, let's take a step mm -hmm. in a time machine and go back. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, man. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Kiss the girl. Kiss the girl. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so shy. Um, people don't, don't have a hard time imagining this right now, but I was a terribly shy kid. 
Um, and I, you know, I'm still a little so, in social situations. I'm still a little back offish, but uh, but I'm you know much better than I was. Don't be so shy. Don't be afraid. Fear is the killer. Fear is always the killer. I mean, whether it's business, whether it's personal relationship, um, whether it's when you're jumping off a diving board in a, in a swimming pool, you know, it's fear that stops you. You know, it's not logic. Um, and don't be afraid. It's easier to say than do. It, re- it really is. Uh, I grew up a very shy person. Yeah. It's, you know, similar to what you said. And uh, what broke me of that is, is joining the Army. That'll and, do it. And then becoming a... It'll a, break you a lot of things. it break me a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> but they, that was one of mm-hmm. them. Um, so that was that. And again, fear and those voices in your head, I hear this often that, uh, you know, you listen to them too much, they, they can shut you down. They do. There, There's, you know, you, you often hear voices in your head saying that, uh, you know, whatever idea or thought or direction you think you want to go, there's there's a little devil on your, you know, crawling up your neck saying, ah, don't, don't do it. It's a, it's a bad idea. It's not going to work. You know, you're going to fail. Don't fail. You failed before. Don't do it again. You know, just go sit in the corner, do what you know you can do and leave it alone. And be comfortable. And be comfortable. Yeah. Well, you know, when I, when I uh, married my wife or before I married my wife, I said, are you sure you want to do this? Because this is not going to be a a, a comfortable ride. This is going to be a trick. Right. And uh, if you want security in something, you know, I love you to death, but I'm not the person for all that kind of stuff. So and she said, well, I know we've known each other for many years. Actually, her and I are, are childhood friends. Wow. We knew each other. We're both Estonian. Right. So, you know, our parents were from Estonia, which at the time was was uh, swallowed up and occupied by the Soviet, by the Russians and the Soviet Union. And, uh, you know, in, in the end of the 80s, we got their independence. And um, we, we were part of the Estonian group culture. She was up in Milwaukee. I was down in Chicago. We had a folk dancing group and a whole bunch of stuff. And we were folk dancing friends. We weren't partners directly, but we were in the same group. And uh, I, I was always kind of sweet on her. And she, uh, she wasn't all that interested back then. You know, I, I tried. I tried to kiss the girl. <laughs> it, it didn't work back then. She said, no, nah, I'm not interested. Well, she, had, she got married uh, had a couple of wonderful daughters who I know and love dearly. Um, and then I got married and have a daughter who's in, in uh, uh, Mount Prospect and has have a couple of grandsons and love her dearly and all of them. But uh, we both got divorced. I tell people we each had our training spouses, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I got mine too. So yeah. it's, it's, sometimes it's a good thing. Yeah. So, so tell me, uh, Thomas, uh, tell the audience like, an ideal client of yours, three to five things that they need to know and why they should come to you for um, the services. If you're a small business and you're under, you know, 10, 15, even 20 users or so, somewhere it's not a hard cutoff, but somewhere around there, um, you're being ignored. You you don't have big, deep pockets. Um, The first version of my company, I was going after large businesses and we did well with that. Um, So we had contracts that were three, four, five thousand dollars a month, right? Uh, small businesses can't do that kind of stuff, right? So if I'm trying to sell a contract to somebody and I'm looking for three or four grand a month, I'm not going to go after these little businesses. So they're they're just ignored because of that. There's again so much they could do. So if you're feeling ignored, you're feeling that the whoever you're, is taking care of you now isn't responding to you. You know, you send a request or you talk to them and say, I need some help and they don't respond. Or, or even worse, they say, I'm going to come out on Monday and they don't show up and they don't let you know if that communication is busted. And then, of course, if they don't know what they're doing, you know, things don't get taken care of or you're not being helped and promoted, then uh, you're, my, you're my person. 
you know, those are the people that I that I I love and want to talk to because they need the help. You know, and and we know how to help them. And that that is so true. It's like when when I um, do these interviews, it's it's very interesting to hear that um, business owners like yourself surround themselves with good people, mm-hmm. but also go out of their way to help the other small businesses in the community. And that's I see that over and over and over again. And that is so cool. Well, it's so it's so critical in business to have connections besides you know trying to sell people. You know, I'm, obviously I try to sell my services wherever I can, you know, wherever it's appropriate. But at the same time, if I meet another business person, I'm always trying to find ways that I can help them outside of my services. You know, I'm looking for people that I have in my in my book. If you guys could see this, I'll, I'll take a picture of it later. This is a book of contacts like no other that I've ever seen. <laughs> I actually got a kind of a reputation. It, it was accidental. I didn't really plan on getting a reputation with this, but I have a book. It's a regular three ring binder, but there's there's about 200 or so cards in there and they're, they're alphabetized and organized in a special way. And these are and there and and I have a, a few business cards for every person in that that book. These are the most important people in my business life. And when I go talk to another businessman, I'm always looking for people in my book that I can refer them to that will help them in business. And they may not have anything to do with me and computers, but they may, you know, maybe it's a construction person. Maybe it's uh, um, someone who helps their kids with math. Uh, and there's, there's all sorts of different possibilities. And I have all those there. And so I've kind of gotten a reputation for carrying this book around and referring people, but so, it's really important. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're more than just uh, networking computers, you're networking people as well. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, I'm, I know. I'm building a web of business people who I'm connected to. And of course, you know, ultimately I, when they are thinking of, of technologies and such, I want them to have my face pop up in their head when those things come into them. So. Almost definitely. Yeah. So let's go back in the time machine again. And when you thought, wow, I'm really making a difference. Tell me a story. Wow, when I was really making a difference. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, that whole, that whole telesphere thing was a big deal for me. I, I mean, I really did think I was, I was doing something there. I was building something. Again, I was, didn't start out doing that. You know, it just kind of grew. Um, but I found talents that I didn't know I had by doing that. And, and uh, um, the fact that our, our products were going around the country and we're helping these hotels, at least, do you know do well, you know, generate more revenue. Um, that was a big deal. I think the other thing too is is now more recently, uh, as I as I go networking, kind of kind of dovetailing off what we were just talking about, my my contact book, my business card book. Um, the fact that that I mean, I've gotten some awards for this book because I do this so much, and I didn't expect any of that, and it's just because it's the right thing to do. I see. Um, and so that was kind of one of those, yeah, I'm, I am actually making a difference moments, you know, when I, I got into a, a you know, business, business networking person of the year from the Chamber of Commerce. And, and you're was, also an ambassador with the Brookfield Chamber, aren't you? As well? I am. I am an ambassador as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that is, that is very cool. And I appreciate that. I'm part of the chamber too. And they do such a great job out there of helping people get started on that. I got to add, to, you know, jump in here. The Brookfield Chamber of Commerce is an amazing group for business people to connect with and to interconnect with. Um, I have I have been in many networking groups through my my career my life, and I have never seen a group that is so supportive of each other. You know, the members are so supportive of each other as the Brookfield Chamber. Um, it's I mean, it really is amazing. It really is, and I've only been part of that 
shortly now, this mm-hmm. year, maybe like, uh, five or six months. Right. And I concur what you just said there. I've never been a part of a networking group that really goes out of your way to help you to be successful. All you have to do is just do the work. Right. Mm-hmm. And do what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get to know you a little bit more. I know we found out uh, quite a bit. So we're going to go a little deeper here. Some, what are some of your day-to-day practices that have contributed to your happiness and or success? Well, one, one thing I work with uh, a business coach. That was a big, big deal for me, deciding to work with a coach. The coach I work with is the action coach people, and a specific coach is a, a very good friend of mine whose name is Todd Reet. Uh, he's from Action Coach of Brookfield, uh, and he does an amazing job with me. He's, uh, I tell people all the time, he's one of the people I refer a lot because he's so good. He's a force of nature all by himself in a business sense. And working with him has been a big part of why we've been able to do as well as we have. Beyond that, and some of the things I've gotten from him, is I'm working, uh, I, I, I do what's what's called a default calendar. It's a very simple little trick, right? And your calendar, you, you block out times during each day when you're gonna do a specific thing and only that. So there's a certain period of time every morning, and just, you know, it's an hour, about an hour every morning that I do social media. I go on Facebook, I go on LinkedIn, I, you know, I, I check what's there, I make posts, I do those kinds of things, and I do it during that time, and I set that time aside every day. I, I violate that rarely. I do violate it once in a while, but I, it's rare, and it's, it's kind of a default calendar is what it's called. That's a very important thing to do. The other thing that, that's been a really a big success, and I go back to this networking thing, is, is networking. Um, of that, that huge growth in customers that I've had, uh, a good 95% of that is from my business networking contacts. The rest are referrals from networking contacts or com- customers. So, that, I mean, that's just, I, I can't emphasize that enough. If, you, if you're a small business and you want to do well, you should network your ass off. <laughs> I, you really have to, mm-hmm. and you, you got to show up. You just can't sign up for the chamber and expect something to happen in, in a month or two. You got to get out there and get active and, and use the resources they give you to promote yourself and connect with others. That's very true. And you have to remember, networking is not sales. Networking is networking, you know, and it's, uh, it's building relationships. It takes a while. Um, I've been networking with the Brookfield Chamber now over two years, um, and each year is a little bit, little bit more. What, what happens is if you're, if you're in a unique niche like, like we are at TBG, um, right at the beginning you get a, a handful of clients because they go, oh, that's, that's just what I've been looking for. And you think, wow, that's great. And then it automatically it will taper off because that's the low-hanging fruit and you've gotten it. And then you go, oh, hell, this is not working out. And a lot of people leave at that point, and that's a big mistake. If to stick it out, build a relationship, it takes some time, but then, then you know, you want that, like I said before, you want people to have your face in mind when they think about technology or, or whatever your business is. And that takes some time. It's not sales. The, no, the no, quickest way to turn someone off in a networking group is to start selling, selling to them. them. I totally agree with that. And that's mm-hmm. this whole thing is built in, in building relationships, uh, just like we're doing now. Right. Um, is there any particular book or quote that has guided you through this uh, this process? Would you like to share? It? <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a there's a quote. Somebody asked me that. Boy, it had to be forty years ago once, and asked me for a quote just to stick on their wall for a party or something silly like that. And I was wrecking my brain. And I finally came up with life is life is not complex. I think that's the best quote I've ever heard. <laughs> You know, it's not. Life is, is generally very simple. We make it complicated sometimes. Usually that's because of fear. 
if, if there's something going on in our lives that, that we're afraid of, we tend to look away from it. And instead of confronting and dealing, I'm guilty of this as anybody. I'm right there with you. You know, you, if you don't look at it, then you try to figure out ways around it. You know, when you know, if instead of right walking down the sidewalk, or, you know, jumping over the Jaguar or beating it up or whatever you're going to have to do. Or ignoring it. Or ignoring it. You know, then you, you, you know, you walk around the block and you, you know, you have to go up the street and then you got a stoplight. And it's, you know, you got all this other crap and you, your life becomes complicated when really all you had to do is go forward. Um it's easy for me to say this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm, st- I know I'm still doing that today. It's a, you know, it's a battle that goes on all the time. And as far as recently, <sighs> books, 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 books. Um, I've just recently been reading two, I've finished two books that I think are really good in a business sense. Um, one is called The Power of Habit. Um, and that is, a, that is a great book. It's, it talks about how, why we do what we do. And, and things that we don't even realize we're doing and, and how we get into habits and how you can maybe change them and, and you know, alter them. And, and, you know, and how to replace them. How to replace them, right. And then right after that, just coincidentally, I read a book called uh, Profit First, which is an amazing book for small businesses, entrepreneurs. Um, we've switched to the Profit First plan in our business now, too. It's a great way to, to handle your finances in a way that makes sense for small business people. So I recommend both those books very much. Very cool. I've, I've read the one, The uh, Power of Habit. I've, that's mm-hmm. That's been a really cool book. Uh, I'm going to have to pick up the uh, Profit First one. You'll like it. And actually, the Profit First one, just coincidentally, he actually mentions the power to have it in the book. I didn't know that when I picked it up, but he, he does bring it up in there, too. So, And I, I listen to these books on Audible a lot. Do you? Yeah, it's a great way to do it. I struggle with that. I prefer to have a hardcover in my hands. You like to have that feel in your feeling, hands. Feeling, yeah. sit back on the, the couch and... Some people do. And yeah. and um, for a number of years, uh, my vision was getting crappy and I had cataracts, which I had fixed earlier this year. So reading a book became, was, was a little difficult for me. Okay. Uh, and Audible works really well. I have, you know, I have, I have a Kindle app on my tablet and all, and, and I use that sometimes too. But um, the other thing that's nice about Audible and it, of course, I wouldn't do War and Peace this way, right? You know, that's not that's not you. Would, that's not an audible type of book, you know. But if you have books like this, I, you know, I listen in my car on the way to work, on the way oh, home, things oh, like nice. that, you know. So I listen to a few chapters while I'm driving, um, and that's a great way to do it. And you can repeat, you can do all that stuff. So I I kind of enjoy that. Very cool, very cool. So how does one get in contact with you, Thomas? Well, the simplest way is to go to our website, which is tbgnetworks.com, uh, and look it up. And there's a contact us page. But the other way, which is probably even simpler, is to pick up phone and call us. It's 414-921-5221. Um, that will get you right into us. And you know, if you have a question, any kind of question at all, you know, we will talk to you and help you out. That's what we do. And I'll, as always, uh, so the listeners know I'll put these in the show notes so you don't have to scramble around and try and write this down. Just go down to the show notes and you can go from there. All right. So we're not done, Thomas. We have some rapid fire questions okay. to have some fun with this. Sure. So, But before we get into the rapid fire questions at this segment, you get to ask me one question about anything that you want. Wow. Anything that you want. Okay. What the hell does your t-shirt say? You know, <laughs> I, I can't read I, it very well. I don't even know. Barrow Yarn Manufacturing Company. What What the hell? 
I, I, don't, I got this from a thrift store, man. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a brand brand hoarder or anything like this. I shop at the thrift store. I stop at the, the Goodwill and my wife picked this up and it was a nice summer shirt. I like the colors. Well, you know, I don't even know what it means. I quite honestly, I don't even know what it says. And I probably wear this a half a dozen says times. Barrow Yarn Manufacturing Company. So now you know. I know, I know, huh? And Goodwill's a great place. Actually, the jacket I'm wearing, I, I got from Goodwill. I, I mean, it's you know, amazing it's, stuff you get there. Th- you know, people might laugh at this. I really don't care. But a majority of my clothes that I buy now, mm-hmm. I get from the, the restore at Goodwill yeah. or certain mm-hmm. thrift shops like that. Sure, you why know, not? Why not? Why you not? know, hey, it's a way to go. All right, so Noma, it's my turn. All right, go for it. We get some rapid fire questions. Again, this is out of my Tim Ferriss book, Tools of Titans. And we use Uh his rapid fire questions out of the back. And this is to get a little bit fun with you. And just whatever comes first to your head, there's no right, wrong answer. I won't swear. Won't swear? You can swear. That's okay. All right. Damn it. Damn it. Shit. Okay. So (laughs) what topic would you speak about if you were to give a TED Talk outside of your expertise? Fear. Fear. Yep. Okay. I would talk about fear. I would spend, I could spend two hours talking about fear. Okay. You know, and, and the effect it has on people and especially its effect it's had on my life over the years. Maybe we should do an event on that. We, or maybe a whole, we could. whole different uh, podcast on <laughs> we fear. Could. Yeah. We could do that. All right. Mm-hmm. What is something that's really weird or unsettling that happens to you on a regular basis? Oh, weird. That's unset and unsettling. It happens on a regular basis. I can't think of, honestly, I can't think of anything um, that's weird and unsettling. You know, I, at this age, I've kind of got things, I think I got things under control. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, that's a, that's a fallacy. You, you've here. had too many experiences? Maybe I've had. Um, I've, I've, I've calmed down a lot, but uh, weird and unsettling. Oh, I don't know. A nasty letter from the IRS? That's weird and unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> okay. One of the things that happens to me every once in a while is that um, I tell people this and they kind of laugh is that anytime that I'm driving around the city or country or wherever I'm at mm-hmm. and there's a bridge that a train goes by on, mm-hmm. I would say 90% of the time there's a train either parked on that bridge or going by as I'm driving underneath it and it kind of freaks me out. Oh. Okay. Right. I don't, as I told my wife that, and she kind of laughed at me until she noticed us driving around and going, there's always trains around me. <laughs> oh, that is weird. It is weird, right? You're a creepy guy. Uh, creepy, right? Trains are following me. That's probably uh-huh. because there's trains everywhere. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, what obsessions do you explore in the evenings or weekends? I think I know how you can answer this. How do you think I'm going to answer it? Woodworking. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes actually I, I spent a lot of time, believe it or not, on my computer. Okay. Looking for, looking at, at, at interesting stuff. Things just catch my attention, you know, so I, I go on YouTube a lot. All right. You know, and sometimes I look at woodworking stuff. Sometimes I get computer stuff. Sometimes I, I look at, um, you know, cute puppies. I mean, I'm always, I'm always looking for things that just kind of catch my attention. Woodworking is, is, yeah, it's up there. It certainly is up, up there. there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good, good. Let's wrap this up. Any ask or request for the audience in any last parting words? Mm, any ask. Um, if you have any, don't be afraid to ask for, for help. Um, there's so many things that, that could be done. There's so much that's available. Um, if, if you're not sure, even if you are sure, you know, give somebody a call and say, hey, you know, take a look at something and and uh, tell me if, if this is going correct. You know, I mean, you go to a doctor, You sometimes you go to a doctor even if you're not feeling bad. You, you just have a checkup. What a great idea. 
you know, because the doctor will see things that you don't know, or maybe you've gotten used to, you know, you're kind of used to the fact that you're walking with a limp and, you know, you don't even know it anymore. So, um, you know, pick up the phone and call somebody. It doesn't have to be me. Sure. Please call me. <laughs> please do. But it doesn't have to, you know, pick up the phone and call somebody or talk to somebody and say, you know, hey, take a look at this. Does this make sense? Are we doing this right? You know, is there something we can do? Okay. What was the other part of that? Very good. Um, any last parting words? I'll tell you one, one quick little thing. Uh, people off, often ask me, what does TBG stand for? Of course, my name is Tom, so they th think it's Tom, and then they wonder what the BG stands for, and it's not what you think. When I started the company in 2003, uh, we were sitting around trying to figure out what we're going to name this company, and my wife came up with this because I was, had another partner at the time, and uh, we named it Two Big Guys. Two Big Guys? And that's okay. what TBG stands for. So, two And then quite guys. shortly after that, we came up with our slogan, our tagline, as they say. And so it's TBG Networks. We make computers behave. Well, Thomas, I really appreciate you being on Local First Podcast. This has been a lot of fun. You really rocked this uh, interview. So thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed it. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find me by searching Local First Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Also, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave some comments. You also have the opportunity to request to have a guest or topic for Local First Podcast. For any of the books or resources talked about on these episodes, head over to localfirstpodcast.com. Click on the Resources tab. I also want to thank ExactaCorp for Studio One. Until next time, it's your host, Rob Kohansky.